Welcome back to Bonded Voices. We're glad to have you with us. Our topic, when did it become negative to love your country? I'm Greg. I'm Ian. And this is Lauren. So I remember growing up Midwest, 70s, and even through the 80s, we loved the country. Like, I, I tell my kids all the time, I feel bad that they don't get to see the America that I grew up with. And really, has a country changed that much? Not really. But the, the opinion that you can have about your country has definitely changed. It's gone really negative. Well, and, and, and I agree. I grew up with the same spirit. I can remember the bicentennial, 1976, and the freedom train that rolled through the country. And I can remember going down to Tempe to see the freedom train that was painted up with the stars and stripes. It was a tremendously patriotic experience and everybody was excited. There wasn't a downside to it. Could we even take it back or trace the roots of when things changed back to maybe post-World War II? And the reason I, I, I think that is because for all the failings that, that this country had through slavery and and beating up the crap out of England. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I think that, that that was all forgiven. And I think, it, or not f fully forgiven, but it was it was something that people didn't hold on to. People moved on. And if you even read up on, you know, black communities post-World War II, they seemed to love the country. They wanted to fight front lines for the military. They wanted to have the American dream. They didn't like want to go anywhere. They so there was this love for it. But then all of a sudden, we got drug into the Korean War. We got drug into the Vietnam War, and that seemed to be the start of the wedge that seemed to turn people against America. Is not mom and pop and the the countryside and towns and life in small cities and towns but against the government. Well, I do remember like parades growing up and it was always, everyone was waving the flag. It's, I mean, most likely it was 4th of July parade or something like that. But I remember that. I remember uh, Vietnam soldiers coming back and them being in the parades. Um, the town I was in didn't really, I didn't, of course I was a young kid. I didn't see the protests and if, if they did have them back then. But there was a sense of community. Everyone, you know, maybe it, maybe it's just my, you know, naive view of being a, you know, an early, you know, preteen or whatever. But I really thought that everyone loved the country. It, it, that's at least that's the way it felt. Well, why all, wouldn't you with like, right. all that it gave you? You didn't. Food wasn't right. a challenge, right? So yeah, and all the movies supported. You know, oh, this is the greatest place in the world. Everyone wants to live here. You know, that was the theme of you know countless movies, right? So, Ian, you brought up World War II. I believe that that is the last decisive victory of the United States winning a oh, war. Oh, it is the last time they won a situation. And, and so <laughs> we grew up with parents that I can I can remember seeing the the newspaper clippings. In fact, there's a uh, exponentially larger statue in San Diego in the harbor of the 
uh, what is it, the nurse kissing the sailor. Yeah. Which was on the front page of the newspapers and what have you. And so our kids have grown up with a lot of conflicts and war, but not truly world wars, at least not the way that they were looked on for World War One, World War Two. But I'm wondering if it's the lack of a defined, we have conquered yet again, we are triumphant, we are the world power. Well, I think, so 9-11, everyone got way behind the country again. Everyone mm-hmm. was, you'd see flags at every corner. Yeah. Um, when the, you know, the war in Afghanistan dragging on for 20, 20 years and Iraq going on for a long time. I think that caused the, there was a, a, a reason or a way for people to be negative and going back to previous podcasts about politics, politics became the big, like whether the war was right or not. I mean, we went to war, it, you know, I didn't vote on it. The, right. the, the soldiers didn't vote on it, but that was when you really saw the media and uh, people going after. So, what was it? Fahrenheit 9/11 was the Michael Moore movie. Mm-hmm. You would never have seen that movie twenty years later or earlier. So, would you have seen that? You no. Know, Gulf War. I mean, but well, we were successful in Gulf War. But you're right, and I stand corrected. Um, but but if you, I technically sit corrected. But the the idea of they sold war bonds. There was Rosie the Riveter came out of the World War II time frame. There was a the country got behind the war effort. The general request was please reduce your consumption of certain goods so that we can send more goods over to the troops that are fighting for all of our well-being. And so it was a more cohesive effort and less opportunity for people to say, I don't agree with this war or were we just in a different place as a society that perhaps we listened to authority more then. And now there's a idea of, and and look, let's be honest. There's, there's warts on everybody. There's, there's a bad side to political decisions. There's, there's more to the story. We understand that. And, and America is not a saint in this whole process. There have been dark times, but if you look hard enough, you're going to find darkness where you want to find it. So, in, you know, you brought up, you know, Rosie the Riveter and the statue of the girl kissing the sailor. But with Vietnam, we had people throwing rotten fruit and shouting, kept calling them baby killers to guys coming back from Vietnam. I, I, I think you could honestly say at that point, the moment that became uh, an infection in the country, and I could call it an infection because this, wouldn't you have, want to have some compassion for those people who were put in that situation rather than throwing stuff at them and damning all of them with the same And it brush. was a draft, too. It wasn't like right. they had a choice. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it by mm-hmm. choice. You know? I look back at, so in World War II, up until then, in probably Korea, was the, 
media or was there dissenting voices ever expressed about going to war? Right. So who who's culpable for saying, okay, well, I'm, I'm against the war now. I'm against the Vietnam War. So then that that starts its own movement. And that's been the, that way with every war since. And, and look, I'm not surprised that patriotism's been eroded when you look at what happened in Vietnam, what happened in Iraq, what happened in Libya, you know, Korea, Cuba. And, and, and then especially when you... It comes out things that, you know, the American CIA did down in, like, South America and influence, influencing elections in directions to get the right people they wanted in power. It, it, it doesn't make the world love America anymore. Um, and I think that as the world becomes closer through technology, through travel, through jet airplanes, all of a sudden, you know, these people from Kansas or wherever, only from Kansas, who never heard those dissenting voices before, all of a sudden they're present. And so it, it makes them stop for a moment and go, oh, wow, really? That's the way people think about us over here? Um, and, and I think that that's been a big part of eroding that patriotism. Again, it goes back to the expediency of having the internet and it's in your hand and you're getting these, the AI generating more content that fits that narrative and feeding it to you. So then you start thinking, okay, this is the way it is. See, I remember during the Gulf war coming from Australia over to Los Angeles and there was a, uh, there was a, they did a survey and 60% of Americans thought the Gulf war was off Texas in the Gulf. <laughs> really? Yeah. And That's it terrible. stunned me. Right. And I just thought to myself, like, my goodness, like the, the, the lack of an understanding of the world, but you, but like, what a bliss to live in as well. Like that you don't have to worry about the troubles of the world. Like, you know, people like out of a coffee shop talking about, Oh, an issue in Lithuania. You're thinking they're in a coffee shop in, Phoenix and they're worried about Lithuania like that's a first world problem to sure. think of something that's so far away and then we look at our news stories and you go oh that oh, wow that oh, oh none of it happened in the United States let alone the state you're in or the city you're in right right so all of all of that just shows how we've gone from the local paper telling us about local events to the communication that tells us about everything and all of a sudden that patriotism for something, whether it's love of your state, the love of your um, country, that gets eroded because now the world's in focus outside of just the country in focus. Well, do you think that the the news stories that we're getting are more negative now than oh, oh, totally? So, well, what sells the news? Yeah, right? negative sells. It's all negative all day long. So the twenty four hour news cycle that started in the early nineties, sure. Probably plays a big part in the lack of erosion. Because I think ultimately you've heard a lot of chatter about a new world order and a world government. You can't have those things if people are patriotic and love their country. Right. Do you guys remember the movie The King's Speech? Yes. So I really enjoyed that movie. But the parts that I think were very impactful 
was what a wonderful job they did of when the king was speaking. And of course, we were all built up because he had a tremendous stuttering problem. But it would show different people in different parts of the country, and they were just listening to the radio. And that was the source of information. And now we have political, you'll have the, the president will talk about something and then we'll get the, the, this side of the aisles viewpoint. And then the other side of the aisles viewpoint, it's almost like it's become a tennis match. Yeah. Well, after the president's 20 other pundits sure. on each side. Sure. You know, and, and, and so back to that point of, you know, you can, you can find bad, you look hard enough, you'll find it. And, and. Uh, I think that the media has a huge responsibility when the effort is what sells the media spot, what gets readers or listeners is negative. When's the last time you watched the news for a good feel good story? So let me ask you guys a question as you guys are both born here, right? And I became a citizen here is what makes you patriotic today? Is it just the war side of things or is, you know, there's got to be more to patriotism than just the way we act as a country? Like, that's an open question. So, Greg, what makes you what makes you patriotic? So, uh, I still get chills when uh, I hear the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, I did not serve in the military, but I come from a family line that did serve for various amounts of time. And it's for me, I look at it from the military side of things of people that are willing voluntarily putting their themselves in harm's way for the, for the land of the free. So it's, but outside, outside of the military side of things, what else would you say makes you, makes you patriotic? What else makes me patriotic? I can jump in here while you're thinking yeah. about that. I think the opportunities that we have here as a country. Right. Yeah. So there's, I mean, what is there, 195 or something like that countries in the world? And there's, six, yeah. Some, okay. There's a majority of the people that migrate to a new country come here for a reason. It's the, the dream of a better opportunity. Yeah. I mean, we live on a border state. We see people crossing the border all the time. They're not coming over here because they, they think it's going to be a horrible place over here. They come over here because there's an opportunity. And the, the ideal is, is that anyone can come here and be successful if you put in the hard work. And that's why I think there's a lot of places in the country you can put in the hard work, you don't get anywhere. See, interesting, I, I, there's a guy I used to listen to in, in Los Angeles on radio, and, and he had a caller. To say in one day about how America is a terrible place, you know, everyone who says it's number one, it's like full of it. And he said, Listen, I'll tell you how you can tell America is number one. He said, Where do people want to go to? Right. Mm -hmm. He said, If people vote with their feet, America is number one. Yep. That's what it comes down to. Um, and it's fu funny that it's only inside the country where we have such a negative opinion about us. I mean, other kind, not everyone in the world wants to be here. I get that. Yeah. But I think the overwhelming negativity comes from 
it's within. Internal, from within, yeah. sure. And sure. The, the rut always comes from within. It happened in Rome and all great empires. Did you... So uh, the direction that we were going with this reminds me of a conversation that I had with a taxi driver one time. Uh, this was probably three or four years ago. And this particular driver had a very heavy uh, Eastern European accent. And during the, uh, whatever, 15 or 20 minutes that I was in the cab, they spoke to their efforts to get out of their country and what they had to do just to get over to the United States. Yeah. And they moved mountains to get here. And I think that I'm extremely blessed because I grew up here. I didn't, this, this wasn't a choice. I was just blessed to be born here. Yeah. And it reminds me, I, I had a situation where as a family, we went to dinner one night and at the adjoining table, there was a group of people that were quizzing each other on American history and how many senators and how many in the house of representatives and how many this, and how does it take, how do we make laws? What have you? And so I went over and, and talked with the table and it was a group of people that were going through the citizenship process. Right. And it was I felt good about it, and then I thought, you know what, I'm not sure that my 7th grade U.S. history class checked that box. <laughs> we, we don't uh, make it as an important. Civics in the United States education system is horrible. Oh, it right fell apart, absolutely. I mean, there's some, like... And that's eroded probably part of the idea of being patriotic. Oh, definitely, because there's so, over some of the most recent uh, Supreme Court cases, there's so many people that got upset because, oh, they, they think that the Supreme Court's job is to make law. They're not there to make right. law. It's to interpret the law. Mm -hmm. And it's just this, you know, and that's Constitutional another, law. And that's another thing that makes, you know, patriotism in the country for me is that we have a set of laws that I may not agree with every law, but at least there's a process. Yeah. And if I don't like the law and if I, you know... I'll, I, if I don't like something, maybe I should run for a political office and try to change it or start a petition to change it. Yeah. There's that ability here in this country. You go to Russia and you don't like something, what's going to happen? See, for me, you know, coming from England, I think when I look at what made, made me love England was definitely, and it brought up the Second World War because it was the, the, the stance England took then when they could have easily sided with Hitler easily. Because the royals, I remember the House of Windsor, the Queen who just died, was tied into the German house. Right? So they, they, they had very close ties at high levels. Um, the, probably the bulk of the British people didn't want to fight them anyway, or even though we'd fought them in the First World War and in the, another conflict even before that. But I always loved what was it my country did for the rest of the world and i love to look at that and go god bless me to be part of this and you know i, I used to always feel for you know there's even a thing on the tennis last night where someone in the crowd in new york shouted out something to the german tennis player that was a hitler statement yes and i kept thinking god, how bad would it be to be just a great person you're born in germany and to have that legacy hanging over you and I think that's probably why it's hard for the Germans to be patriotic. Yeah, they have that dark cloud that right. if they get if they do anything patriotic, then all of a sudden it's it's not just patriotic; it becomes nationalist, and then right, and it then, crosses yeah. that that gap. Where I, I think you know, 
for all America's sins and all Britain's sins. You know, they've taken a stance in world history that cannot be denied. That, it, right. that if they didn't have done it, it would have changed the world, like to a much, much, much darker place. So that's for me is the why patriotism. You know, why I think patriotism should be stronger and. We need to look at it as a whole again, micro, macro. There are issues, but the big picture thing—it's a net positive. Yeah, I think our our uh, there are a lot of people that argue we shouldn't be involved with as many things as we are from a military point of view in the world. But I think that we bring—we come from a land of freedom. We vote for what we want. We have a voice. We have the ability to move within the country. We have the ability to do what we want to do for work. Uh, and those freedoms are not afforded to a significant percentage of the world, at least not in the way that we have them. See, I think the rest of the world reviews are pushed for freedom in other countries like it did in Iraq. It's, oh, they're just stealing their oil. It, they look at it as ulterior motives and I don't think we get, we'll ever win hearts and minds in that in that way well and you're never going to win you're never going to get everybody to agree with you but it feels like the voice the dissenting voices are louder now and pushing towards oh you're you've got a t-shirt with the american flag on it you you are you align politically with a less desirable group but isn't it interesting right that those voices that used to be for we need to stop interfering in world you know in other countries of the world now want to interfere in every oh, yeah. another country of <laughs> we, the world we makes. need to be in ukraine yeah, maybe someplace else you know speaking of having a but even America. through business those influences yes yeah definitely i was gonna say um going back to the t-shirt with uh american flag is looked at bad when I find it ironic there people will wear a t-shirt with Che Guevara on it. Oh, I know. And he was one of the most racist, um, homophobic. executioner. Yeah, he would just kill people left and right over... And, and gay went to Cuba to do that. Yeah, yeah. And, and these mindless kids will... You know, I think even Berkeley had a Che Guevara um, cafe. Yeah, oh, I know, yeah. Mindless or manipulated? Well, a bit of both, <laughs> a little bit of both, yeah. because it, it's easier to just be told what to do, sure, and to learn what the real history. Well, all is. you need to do is be the trend setter, yeah, and get one other person to get in, and then there's some excitement about we're going to be the first ones to have this belief, so we're going to print these T-shirts, and yeah, we're all. You don't need to really know the whole story, but I'll just tell you this was a great man, a great leader. But the American government doesn't want you to be wearing this shirt. Oh, it's, it's exclusive now. Yeah. It's something I shouldn't be doing. Yeah, give me one I'm of those shirts. System. So what are our takeaways from this episode? Count your blessings of where, you know, yeah, potentially this will be outside of the United States. But you count know, your blessings. Count your yeah. blessings that are here. And I, I think of the along those same lines, if you can, I think it's a bumper sticker that we've all seen. If you can read this, think. A teacher, if you read it in English, thank a soldier. soldier. Yep. You know, for me, I think you don't choose to be born where you're born. Some people emigrate, I emigrated, but where you're born is what, in a lot of ways, what you have to deal with. It's the hand you've been dealt. And if you're blessed to be here in the United States or in England, 
you're blessed. I'm not sure we could save anything better than that. <laughs> Thanks so, for joining us. Good night. Have a good one.